Hi, I'm Netta, and this is Real Netta, Pieces of My Heart. Let's spend just a few minutes together, and hopefully you'll walk away with some useful information that I've gathered with little bits and pieces over the years from experiences, reading God's Word, and from spending time with Jesus, and growing and learning, usually the hard way. So here's a little piece for today. type of person who can just walk into a situation or up to a group of people even though you're uninvited and I'm not talking about like crashing a wedding or something but I'm just saying like walking up to people my dog agrees uh, walking up to people when you are not invited and you know it and they know it um and and just being like I, I you never know what kind of a reception you're going to get you literally are putting yourself out there um a church that we served at um in our past had kind of like the cool kids okay i i guess a lot of places do but and i was not one of them and I found it somewhat humorous to walk up to the group of the cool kids. And we're talking about like grown adults, like people that had been adults for a very long time. It's not like they were just, you know, 18 years old. These were grown ups with children, some of them married children and grandchildren. And and I sometimes found it humorous to just walk up and be like, oh, hi, and just start like talking to them and, and trying to, be a productive part of their conversation and they would kind of give me this like smirky uneasy smile and then they would turn and keep talking to each other and if i didn't go away they would go away they would literally almost like on cue i don't know how they did it turn and walk away and leave me standing there and i'd be like oh my gosh now i would laugh about that um because i guess i've grown and matured and i knew that i was never going to be part of that group i was I was uninvited. They tolerated me at best. But now, back up several decades when I was a young youth pastor's wife, and sadly, I will never forget a time where um, we were on a youth retreat, and it was a bunch of kids, our students, that knew me, and we were trying to love them. And I walked up to one of the students, and I think I was wearing a baseball cap, which I don't normally do, but it was kind of the end of the evening. I had a baseball cap on and probably a hoodie, and I was young. And I I walked up to a group of girls from our group, and I was like, hi, and I said something to them, and the one girl turned to me, because apparently I was very uninvited to that conversation, and she said, how can you even smile at me when you look like that? <gasps> for real. (laughs) I remember where I was standing. I remember exactly how I felt. And I can tell you that I did not laugh. I actually went back to our little dorm room on the campground and bawled my eyes out. And I couldn't like text Chili and be like, hey, this is where I'm at right now. This girl's me because, you know, we didn't have cell phones. (laughs) Yes, I'm old. That rocked me. It was so hard for me to keep doing what I knew I was supposed to do that weekend and that retreat after that girl treated me so badly as as an uninvited person. Thankfully, as I said, some decades later, I've gotten better at it and I learned to not take it so personally and I learned most of the time (laughs) to laugh about it. But we're looking at 
the amazing Queen Esther from the book of Esther in the Bible. And um, these are from, these comments are from Esther's chapters five through eight. So she's at the point where she and all of her Jewish people have fasted and prayed for three days. She's probably chewing on a mint leaf, as my friend Margie pointed out to me. She's freshening her breath with a mint leaf or something like that. And she's courageously going to talk to the king, her husband, even though she's been uninvited. And we've already discussed that like protocol. If he does not extend his royal golden scepter to her when she comes in, he, he'll have her killed or banished at best. So it's a big courageous deal to do something as an uninvited person. But she rushes in. If you've never seen the movie A Night with a King, oh my gosh, it's so good. And she she goes to him. We really don't know how she approached him. But he held out his scepter. And he welcomed her, even though she was uninvited. Um, then she proceeds. He offers her, like, whatever you want, whatever you want, I'll give you. And she just simply asks for a banquet with him and Haman, the bad guy, you know. And... And so she has this banquet and immediately the king responds, hey, tell Haman, we're having a banquet with the queen. And that evening, after they've eaten, the king says again to her, what, what do you really want? Because he knows a banquet wasn't really what she wanted. And again, she says, could I have another banquet tomorrow? And then I'll tell you what I really want. Now, if you grew up watching Veggie Tales. The veggie tail version of this is so cute because they, they keep pointing out like, oh, she must have been scared. She must have been scared to ask. And so she put it off for another day. We don't actually know why, but it's pretty amazing that she did because in the process, that time between banquet one and banquet two is when Haman absolutely, Haman the bad guy gets so fed up with Mordecai, her cousin, which she doesn't know is her cousin, he literally is like, I've had it with him. I'm gonna go ask the king if I can just kill him right now. I can't stand him anymore. He doesn't kiss up to me. I'm done with him. And so as he's marching in that night to the king's um, court, so to speak, and he's like, I'm gonna be the first one to talk to the king when he gets out of bed because I've had it with this Mordecai guy. Um, the king, unbeknownst to, to Haman, the king has been up, unable to sleep. And he had somebody read him like the royal history records. And he finds out that this Jewish man who works in his palace literally um, exposed a plot to kill him and saved his life. And he and he's like, well, what did we do to help him and to record or to reward him? And his servant's like, well, nothing, sir. And so then when Mordecai, or I mean, when Haman, the bad guy, um, is out there, the king's like, hey, Haman, what should we do for this somebody who's wonderful, somebody the king loves, what should we do? And of course, Haman, being so stuck on himself and so full of pride slash insecurity, thinks, oh, the king wants to honor me, of course. And so he gives this whole big, long idea of all these public things to do to honor, he thinks, himself. And then the king turns right around and goes, that's a brilliant idea. Go get Mordecai the Jew and do everything you just suggested to him. 
Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Haman at that moment, like fuming and knowing if he doesn't do this, his life is in danger. So he has to do it. Literally, he has to like escort Mordecai around the kingdom saying like, this is a man who pleases the king. Look at him. Oh boy. And it only gets worse from there for Haman. But just think if, well, okay, let's just skip ahead for a second. So that night, second banquet now. And the queen reveals, finally, she says, well, really, I want to save the life of my people. And the king's like, who's killing you? Come on, let's be real. And she's like, Haman. Imagine how his stomach dropped. And then she find, and then and then she goes on and like, imagine if she hadn't waited and asked for that second banquet. This whole thing about Mordecai, it, the king wouldn't have been reminded about him. And so then when he finds out, wait a minute, this guy that I just honored is supposed to be murdered by Haman, my number one guy in charge. Like all of a sudden the pieces start to fall in place. <clears throat> it's pretty amazing. So we don't know why she waited, but the waiting doesn't mean God's not at work. He's always at work. So I just find that so amazing. Then do you know that after the king is like, what? And he and he literally puts Haman on the gallows that, or the poles to impale him the same way he had planned to do to cousin Mordecai. The queen literally had to go back again in chapter eight and say, okay, wait, wait, our whole, all the Jewish people are still going to be killed, even though Haman's gone now, because it's a law. He put it into a Persian law, and those can't be changed. But when she did that again, she had to go before the king again, uninvited. And again, he held out the scepter and decided to listen to her plea. And this time he put Mordecai in charge of figuring out a plan so that the Jewish people could defend themselves. So let's just go back here for a second to the uninvited thing. She literally was risking her life for the sake of not just herself, but a whole group of people. What about us? Are we willing to walk into situations where we are uninvited? And by that, I just mean conversations. Are we willing to approach people that perhaps we've never talked to before? Can I just give you a tiny hint? If we compliment people, it almost always brings about a great conversation. Almost always, sometimes not. But God wants us to bridge the gap. God wants us to be the people that show his love to everyone, even if they don't invite us. And maybe it's not that we're uninvited. It's just they've never even thought about having a conversation with us. But that person that sits next to us in the lunchroom or the break room that we've never spoken to, I cannot sit next to someone and not speak to them. (laughs) But not everyone is wired like me. Start with a compliment. What are the things you normally notice about people? Are you a person who notices teeth or eyes or hair or shoes or fingernails like me? 
notice something that you can legitimately compliment them about and see if you can get a conversation started simply about them. You don't have to suddenly preach to them about Jesus. Show them what Jesus is like because Jesus notices good things in us. He loves us. So today let's take from Esther's bravery and walk into some uninvited conversations and just share love. We can do that. And that is just a little piece of my heart.